You're listening to the Slavic Literature Pod, your shelf-help guide to all things Slavic. I'm Cameron Lalana. And I might be known as Mac Arasimovich. In some provinces anyway. Mm-hmm. This is part one, chapter 17 of Vasily Grossman's Life and Fate, talking about science. Just having a great time. Ludmilla, Alexandra, Nadia, they're not having a good time. They're readjusting the life in Kazan. But Victor, Victor has his work and he doesn't care about all that bullshit like his family. Like his family. Oh, my family's <laughs> in exile. Get over it. Have you ever thought about how good it is for me to be a scientist? Yes. Absolute STEM W. <laughs> Putting I a stay W there. in STEM right here. <laughs> um anyway yeah so victor is thinking about how much he loves science is the majority of this chapter good (laughs) anywhere you yeah it is good uh you might if you read our post today you you might know that but yeah grossman himself was not trained as a writer he was trained as a chemical engineer and he did do um some kind of chemical testing i don't know the exact work in the donbass region of the ukrainian ssr modern day ukraine it, that's where he wrote, I believe, that for sure, uh, his novel, uh, Glukauf. Uh, he's also, he might have written Stepan Kultrugin, his first two novels, both while we're doing that work, but I'm not 100% certain on Stepan Kultrugin's timeline. But yeah, so that that's, this is an actual background that Grossman has. Granted, not physics, physics, but still, he was a student of science. Yeah, we shouldn't, but he could. I like where, but towards the end where it says, of course, physics was determining the course of the 20th century, which is kind of where we might see the great tragedy of the 20th century might be in this, uh, ding, in, ding, ding. in, in allowing, <laughs> allowing physics to overturn it. But I do think it's interesting, actually. And, you know, we didn't have a ton of comments today, so I'm just going to make up stuff as I go and probably be berated six months by now by some random Instagram follower for something <laughs> I said, um, <laughs> as has been known to happen on occasion. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, <laughs> one occasion, but it haunts me. <laughs> um, so physics and science, kind of like history in War and Peace, which is this force that Tolstoy is just obsessed with. Um, Grossman kind of has a similar. It's not really an obsession, but it is something that's just very much there in the backdrop of the book. Is something that is moving along. Yeah, it's kind of the driving force of history of the war of everything that they are living through. Is this sort of, um you know the the effects of of knowledge basically and it it does make me think a little bit of i mean this chapter actually specifically made me think of oppenheimer just a little bit on just kind of dealing with the effects of this and um, at least how it was portrayed in the film but the sort of you know this sort of just do good you know kind of well i won't go into film my own film analysis here but just I'll say there's a there's a distinction between the sort of pursuit of knowledge for its own sake and then the effects of that knowledge, which are ruthlessly exploited by governments and companies and all, all sorts of stuff. So these these physicists that are really just pursuing their kind of, I don't know if you call it like pure science, but like they're, you know, they're just interested in physics and developing it as far as it can possibly go and seeing what it can possibly teach us about, you know, the world that we live in. And then, of course, there is the, direct application, which is building bombs, uh, which governments quite like to do. And so it is kind of interesting, right? This 
pursuit of knowledge which transcends all national, ethnic, all sorts of boundaries. Everybody has to be really working together to make this sort of happen. Yet the effects of it are so strictly divided at this point uh, between countries and nationalities. And it's just something that's kind of interesting. For sure. And that to me, when Grossman writes the paragraph, two years before the outbreak of war, two young Germans had split the nuclei of heavy atoms by bombarding them with neutrons. So we had scientists reaching similar conclusions by different paths in their own researches suddenly experienced what the cavemen had felt thousands of, year, thousands of years before as they lit the first bonfire. And I think, to your point, that's what Grossman's trying to draw our attention to, that throughout this chapter, it's been talked about as, you know, to use the term that you use, kind of a pure science, as a, 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 an innate human good that we pursue this. And then we have this reintroduction of the fact that it is national and it is being used by, by those nations, by those states, to their own ends, which is, in this case, war. Um and as unfortunately where a lot of money in science was, has been, and still is, um, <laughs> if I could count the number of people who I knew graduated directly out of a STEM degree into working for, um, government contracting or defense contractors, I, uh, you, you'd be counting for a while. I think you bring up this good point, which is that people always assume, or a lot of people assume that just this pursuit of progress will always lead to something good or something better. And maybe you could make the the argument that just knowing more, knowing better is better, but it does, it can come with a price. In this case, it's pretty clear to see. And this is something that's going back to the 19th century Russian intellectual tradition. So this is not specifically a Grossman thing, but it is put very clearly on display here as opposed to maybe Tolstoy and medicine, which... Seems a little sillier at times. <laughs> right. Knowing what some medicine can do now, but hey. I, I will say, I think uh, Grossman's uh, criticisms of, of technology in this regard are going to hold up a little bit better considering that, hey, I think he was, I can't say for certain he's like writing in the aftermath. Well, he, he is writing the aftermath of the nuclear bomb, but I can't say that was what was in his mind, but certainly I think that will hold truer than what Tolstoy had to say about, <laughs> about doctors. doctors. Yeah. 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 Um. I, no, I do think you bring up Oppenheimer. That is irrelevant. I think that the you know whole question those that the questions that film explores is basically this chapter writ large. So if you love this chapter that much and you haven't seen Oppenheimer, there you go. Two hours of this chapter basically. Two hours. Three and a half. Three Five. and a half. All right. Sorry, I was drunk when I watched it. <laughs> Are we in a courtroom procedural now? What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> or. On the opposite end, if, if you don't, if that doesn't sound appealing to you watching that much of a film, then you can read these two pages. That's true. Kind of that similar. is a bit faster. Mm -hmm. A little bit. Yeah. Just a little tad bit. A tad. I think, I think that's my main takeaway from this. And then of course, right. You have, uh, I also think this is leading us back into, we start off on this kind of very theoretical framework where he's just thinking about how much he loves science and how no one could be more happy than a scientist. But this slow reintroduction of the real world at the end gives us, you know, Victor right on his heels are following doubt, suffering, lack of belief, all that kind of stuff, which also is a kind of a transition into the sudden reimposition of reality away from his um, dreaming world in the next chapter, which is going to be a bit of a gut punch. Yes, that is going to be a gut punch. And I will say uh, in terms of well, 
I was just going to transition quickly to housekeeping because I didn't want to get into the discussion of yeah. tomorrow because that's its own thing. But uh, no, no episode coming this Friday. We're going to delay it until the uh, last Friday of the month for our life and faith thing because we really stupidly realized that we shouldn't release an episode that discusses chapters one through thirty-one and release it on the nineteenth of the month with everyone that's reading along with us. So we're going to try to stagger it a little bit more. Right. And my brain was on closing. And so when you said that, I immediately skipped. And that's why this is really kind of a non sequitur. But an important one and one that we will see a note of. Sequitur away. Yeah. Sequitur. <laughs> and I think that's all we had to cover today. So uh, you'll hear from us again tomorrow. So bring your whatever you do to deal with sadness, a warm drink, cold drink, sweet, alcoholic, whatever your taste is. El Susabor. All right, goodbye, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>